Hey, this is Matthew Modine. You're listening to my friend Steve Benz on The Blend. Peace. Welcome back to The Blend. My name is Steve Benz. Today's guest, I'm not going to waste any time. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Heavy, heavy hitter in the rock and roll world now. I consider them the new super group of the universe from Dead Daisies. We've got Marco Mendoza with us. Marco, welcome aboard. How are you, Steve? Good to talk to you, brother. Hey, I'm doing all right. You know, I've been listening to some of your new tracks, and uh, you're going to have to tell us about the tour. Just, it is some badass music, my friend. Thank you so much, man. Well, you know, ultimately, that's what we're all shooting for. That's uh, at the core of anything is the music's not happening. Everything else, you know, fails by comparison. So, <clears throat> so far, so good, man. We got together, uh, and we've been able to accomplish a lot in a, in a short period of time, and we're really happy and excited about the response. And, you know, the ultimate test is cats like you digging it, because you guys get to hear it. <laughs> uh, it's not all of it, a lot of it. So you know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, that's what's keeping us together. The common denominator is... Let's create the, the best music possible, and it's happening. So we're very happy. So what do you think of me comparing you to Asia? Like, they were the original super group. Yeah, yeah. You know, the super, the super group thing, um, I think, hits um, a wrong note with all of us because we've all been part of the super group, the super project before. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, only, only to find out that you know those those things were short lived and and they were only like for an album, for a CD or a tour, and then before you know it, everybody gets busy with other projects and boom, it's over. You know, this is, I think, and the rest of the guys I think will agree. I think what it is is we're we're trying to uh, to accomplish something here, and it's to create you know the best music possible for today, today's classic rock, if you will, and. Uh, so we kind of shy away from that supergroup thing, but uh, whatever it is, I mean, if we have to label it, that's fine. As long as you, you know, we're well received with open arms, and you guys play the music, and the fans dig it out there, which is so far, it's it's cool. You can call it chili con carne for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a great music value meal. Look at all these bands these guys were with, right? There you go. I know. Well, you know. I mean, let's be honest. That that carries a lot of weight, and people, that kind of makes people turn their heads and want to listen and be part of what's going on. But uh, uh, yeah, we're really happy, man. And, and uh, all I can say is uh, to you and, and the fans out there to keep supporting it. You know, keep doing what you do, and we'll keep turning up uh, as you know as good as music as we possibly can. And uh, Let's see how far we can take it, you know. We're all committed to this for the long run. So how did you get involved with the band? Okay, the story goes, is I was touring in Australia with um, with Sin Lizzy. Uh, we were on the Kiss Motley Crue tour a couple of years ago, and uh, one of the bands that was supporting was, was, was the band, David Lowy's band. And... Uh, David, come to find out that David Lowy and John Stevens, John Stevens, who you know took over from Michael Hutchins uh, mm-hmm. uh, with the NXS camp there when Michael, Michael checked out, um, they had been working on a project, writing songs and and uh, and putting some together. And they saw me, 
And shortly after, a few weeks after, uh, their manager approached me, David Edwards, and gave me a card and said, you know, we really dig what you do. Uh, we're putting a band together, and we don't have a bass player. Uh, and um, Richard Fortis is involved. He, he's in. And I heard that, and, that, you know, I have a little history with Richard. from in this. He played with us for a minute mm-hmm. before he got busy with his daytime gig, Guns N' Roses. And uh, so um, he said he's in, and then... Uh, so we have an opportunity to uh, do a support site for Aerosmith in Australia, and I said, wow, i got to be there. So next thing I said, send me the music. And, uh, and to be honest, well, I, I heard the, the music, and it was really happening. It, was, it, it had a new twist on what we consider classic rock with all the influences and all the bands that we love. And, so um, so what, what is different than your classic rock band? You know, what makes you guys, what sets you apart right now? I think what it is is, you know, the bottom line, man, if, if we get close, if we get honest about it, it's all been done. And I think you'll agree. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get to listen to a lot of music throughout the years, and not so have I. And we just have a new new twist on songs that kind of remind you of the freeze, kind of remind you of, uh, you know, classic rock from the 70s, all the, you know, the influences of the Black Crows for the... I mean, I could go on and on and on the stones for lack of better names. But mm-hmm. I, I think what it is, we all get together, and uh, we have um, we have a lot of information, and then we throw it on the table, we start writing, and this is what we come out. But I think what sets us apart, to be honest, it's, it's the live shows. We're really a performance band. You know, we love to have a good time on stage, and, and it reflects on the fans. The fans really, really dig it. You know, we're really committed, and um, uh, and the delivery is about, uh, you know, not only are they good songs, without sounding pretentious, they're really good songs and good hooks, in my opinion, but the delivery on the big stage, the small stage, is, is good, and people remember it. It's something to remember, you know. Now, so, for me, I would describe you guys as a, like, album rock. That's what I hear. It's like, man, if this was vinyl... This would take me back, all the way back. Well, uh, it's in the works, man. We're trying to do that. Um, the next time we get together, I believe we're going to go in the studio again and um, and get four or five more tracks happening. And that's the idea, to go back to, you know, the bands, what they used to do in the 70s, because we know what the industry is today. So, I mean, there's just something beautiful about vinyl, if you ask me. I don't care what anybody says. CD, you can have perfect, auto-tunes, all that stuff. But, but vinyl... Vinyl's where it's at. That is classic rock to me. Absolutely. And that's the other point. What sets us apart is that we went into the studio the first time. Um, we were out. Let me remember who we Oh, yeah. We were out with Change Addiction and Alice in Chains on that uproar tour a few years ago after the Aerosmith thing in Australia. And we were touring the U.S. and we had like a couple of days in New York after rehearsals. And uh, we booked. Uh, uh, a local studio, recording studio. And we went in there, and there, you know, Richard had some riffs floating around, and we just took it from there. And John ran with the ball, and we ended up with uh, with the EP. You know, uh, we covered Helter Skelter because when we played it the first time we played it, man, that thing was just flying. So, um, yeah, hey, that was a gutsy choice 
to play gut, uh, Helter Skelter. That's pretty gutsy. Yeah. Yeah, well, but, you know, we're all uh, Beatles fans, you know. And, uh, again, I think we, we, do, uh, we do a good performance live, and we capture it, and uh, we record it. So it's a good one. It is gutsy, but sometimes you have to do that, man. You can't, you know, you can't look at the parameters and say, well, we can't go there because it's not right. It's, we're going to get trampled. But in my opinion, those are the things that set you apart, you know. Now, obviously, you're a traditionist like me. Hard rock, yeah. rock and roll, that's where it's at. Is that, is that what's missing from, say, classic rock radio stations across the country and around the world? A lot. You know that. That's exactly what's, what's going on. It, everything's very safe. Back in the 70s, when I, when I grew up listening to Music Man, there was, there was a vast spectrum of, of bands coming in with different styles and different hooks and different styles of music. It was rock and roll, but you could go, you know, you could go listen to Janice, and then you could go listen to CCR and the mm-hmm. Almost Leather Span and Nugent and Purple and the Beatles and the Stones. and uh, That's what's lacking, I think, today, you know. And part of it, or most of it, is that there's no industry supporting it. So we can't really, unless you go online and specifically search for something, that's how you're going to get it. And so in the olden days, I don't know about you, but where I grew up, when I was in Mexico, I used to get pounded with albums and bands that were coming through, you know? Uh, and so that's, that's what's happening today. Now, what needs to happen, bottom line, is the bands go out there and tour and play in front of audiences, small or big or huge, you know? Either or, and that's really what you're doing. You're promoting your own music, performing live and then people remember if you if you provide a good show then people remember then they go online and look for it right it's just kind of interesting that we've come full circle mtv kind of changed the entire industry very corporate right now i couldn't get any sicker than hearing the same 10 classic rock songs from from radio stations saying that they're classic rock when my god how many times do i have to hear that one track and they won't even play b-sides of anything we're you know we do here on the blend so it's just come circular, and I couldn't be happier for bands like you that have now hit the scene and are, are, de- are definitely just musically just dominating the scene. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know about dominating yet. <laughs> oh, you'll get there. You know, it's the music and the sound that says, wow, this is different. I need to play this. Yeah. The other thing, bro, is we go into the studio. What we recorded live is what we play live. You know, uh, except for a few overdubs here and there sure. for background vocals when you're writing, or uh, I mean, the solos were performed live, the vocals were performed live, uh, and, and so when we play in front of the audiences that come here, they hear what we recorded, which which you know which says a lot these days, if you know what I mean. There's no uh, lip syncing, there's no tracks, there's no click tracks, there's <laughs> nothing, no samples. Now, are you a type of band that, that you're in the studio or you're on stage and you could just lean over to one of the guys and go, you know what, you suck tonight. You just, dude. And you, I mean that jokingly, but you're like, come on. You know, are you having fun out on tour with the guys? We are. And then, and then when, you know, when one of us has a bad night, a rough night, and we do, we're only human, and we, you know, with all the traveling. And I'll tell you, man, a lot of, a lot of things that people don't realize um, one of them is uh, the travel 
you know, the, the traveling for 14 hours, getting there, and then getting a microphone and put in front of you and the camera, and, and you got to shine, you know. Uh, physically, it's very trying, you know, very testing, especially now that I'm going to be 49 next year. <laughs> but uh, for a lot of us, we're not young cats. We've been around the block a couple of times. We've done tons of tours and albums and projects, and so that's that's got to be the hardest part of the whole process, the travel, physically you're drained, and then you got to step up. But we always do, you know, because of the desire to uh, play music for me. Right. And then the other pull is, you know, at, at all these ages, you got families and stuff. There are so many more things to worry about than when you were in 20s, uh, you were poor, and you never ate, and you just smoked and drank and hit the stage. Yeah, exactly. You know, now you're worrying about, did you eat enough granola before you, uh, you know, you hit the stage? And that's just embarrassing, my friend. <laughs> that's true, man. We have to take care of ourselves. Dude. Right. So you go behind stage, you're like, uh, where's my kiwi? I need some kiwi today, you know, versus the M&Ms that everybody used to eat in the 80s. Right, right, right. I'm a big juicer. Uh, you know, and whenever I can, I get a juicer on my ride, rider. <laughs> Yeah. All right, that's kind of funny. You're backstage and you're like, what the hell is that? What, what What is that? No, that's Marco just making, you know, a little juice and things in the back for you guys. Where's my kale? <laughs> right. Where's my kale? That could be a new rock song. Where's my kale? How about that? Oh, no, absolutely. We're writing about everything. But uh, it's just true, man. For me, honestly, bro, uh, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic addict. And I, I can talk about it today. I I had my experience in my, in my downfall back that point was heroin and cocaine and alcohol and anything I could get my hands on, I was addicted to that. And it was a big weight on my shoulders in that I couldn't accomplish anything in life, you know, mm -hmm. bottom line. I, I sabotaged everything that got in front of me, and I had some great opportunities auditioning for cats like, you know, Cher and Lionel Richie and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready. You know, until I got my life in order in 1987, September 20th, at 3 o'clock. But who's counting? I got sober, <laughs> and, and I got to say, for me, my career, my whole life changed for the best, you know. Um, uh, very productive. And so I got into the same uh, compulsive, obsessive behavior that I used to have about getting loaded and high. I used that energy to, to take care of myself. Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm not a young cat, you know. Yeah. I won't tell you how old I am because it'll freak you out. I'm going to be 85 next February. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. We can go with that. I'm, I, I am peaking, man. I feel like the, my life is is doing well. Um, uh, I'm trying to uh, accomplish a few things here, and so far I feel good. Um, I have a hey, if you and your band members are in your 80s, you could just call it the uh, the the Pens Tour. How about that? Exactly. It's a great sponsor right there. You know, no leakage on on stage. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, have you seen the band live yet? No, I have not. I haven't had the pleasure yet. Okay, Steve, you got to promise me after this is done. Next time we come around your area, you got to come and make sure you know we get you in and get you some tickets so you can check out. Oh, absolutely! I'll be there. But I mean, because the live performance, we just did a bunch of shows in Australia and New Zealand, and it's getting stronger. The bands just get tighter and tighter. Uh, with the focus more on performing and having a good time on stage, it's a little more relaxed. The music, no doubt, is happening, but 
the audiences are walking away going, Jesus, what the hell, you know? Right. Because we realize, having been around again for, for a few years, that it's that's what's captivating about a band. When I go hear a band and they're having a great time on stage, man, I always walk away with a good feeling going, wow. Not only the music was good, the lighting was good, the sound was great, but these guys were having a blast on stage. Those are the things that are memorable, you know? Right, and I don't need the smoke and mirrors and all that stuff anymore. I don't want to see that. I say drop it all. It's kind of like listening to a band that can play acoustic. If you can play acoustic, you can play anything. Yeah, so exact, that's what happened to us this summer when we were, you know, we were doing uh, the sports lab for Bad Company, Linda Skinner. Now, being, being fans that we are, I, I, I couldn't, you know, for me personally and for for the rest of the guys, it couldn't be in a better place, uh, knowing that we were opening for that audience, you know, Bad Company and, and, and Skinner. These are killer fans, man. They they demand good stuff, and we delivered, you know, and because of the time frame, we couldn't have the smoke and the mirrors and the lighting because mm-hmm. it was daytime. We were mm-hmm. doing these big amphitheaters, you know. 23,000 so and so on and uh, so we got up on stage and, and with minimal production we got up there and played our music and had a, had a lot of fun and people would go wow this is cool so that's the way I like music that's the way it should be now you guys just released uh, a new EP a couple of months ago I think it's called Face I Love is that correct did I get that right or is that the single no that's that's the single and that's the name of it yes the Face I Love we are uh, we are promoting now the second single, which is "Angel in Your Eyes," mm-hmm. and um, take a take a listen, man. You know, for your listeners out there, take a listen to to the EP, and uh, you get a gist of what we're trying to accomplish here. And we're having a blast doing it. As long as we have cats like you supporting it and and uh, making the fans aware of what's going on, and and the fans take the time to come check us out whenever we play live. See, we're going to give our my audience a double dose. We're going to drop both singles after this interview. There you go, man. There you go. See. So they could just kind of sit back and get a real taste of Dead Daisies, some real rock and roll. Yeah, and you know what? Chicago has always been a landmark. You know what I mean as far as rock and roll. I can't remember a tour or a band, whether it be Lissy or Nugent or Whitesnake or Soul Circus or whatever, that we always came to Chicago and he always left going, that was great, man. These guys know their music. Yep. You know, it's, it's, uh, you guys got it together there. Hey, if you kill it here in Chicago, you're good. If you walk away and the audience is like, nah, you're going nowhere. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. If you can make it there, <laughs> make it anywhere. <laughs> All right, now you got me kicking up, you know. Come on, New York, New York. I should say Chicago, Chicago. All right, so they can follow. They can get all the updates from your website, The Dead Daisies. That's also the name on Twitter and on Facebook. Mark, I can't wait till you guys get to town because I will be right there front row. I'll be in the backstage, and I will ask for a smoothie of some sort from you. You got it, and I promise you, Steve, it'll blow your mind, man. And you'll walk away with all the energy on the planet, and you, you start thinking better and clearer, and uh, uh, you feel empowered, man. I'm not to promote. It's not for everybody. Yep. But, uh, you know, I really, really, really notice a difference when I start taking care of myself. I start choosing the Jack LaLanne thing, man. I'm serious. You know, I know it sounds a little, <laughs> bit, uh, you know, weak in the knees, but... Um, 
take care of your body so your body can take care of you. That's yeah, and for the younger group, they're going to Google Jack LaLanne right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You remember Jack LaLanne. Wow. Like, yeah, you got to type it in. You're like, who, what? And since I remember him, too, to some degree, so of all my uh, foggy nights in the 80s and the 90s. So it's good to be here. That's all I have to say. It's good to be here. That's it. You got it, bro. Marco, it is a pleasure. The Dead Daisies, here's a double shot. You guys are listening to The Blend.